Cool, man. Let's get let's, into it. Let's do it, man. Um, All right. This is attempt two. So we, we recorded <laughs> a half an episode last week, actually, but uh, we lost some audio. So we're going to we're going to cover some of the stuff we talked about again. Um, yeah, because we thought it was it was a good update. Yeah, you're being kind. I uh, somehow my my computer didn't record, so it's all your fault. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened right there. Yeah, <laughs> halfway through, I'm like, oh, this is not recording. Um, yeah, no, I know we, we were talking about some interesting stuff last week. Uh, kind of wanted to dive into some of that stuff again. Did you want to go first and kind of give us an update? Yeah, I'll just do a recap. So basically, we talked about July because now it's in August, mm-hmm. and so July was our fourth like full month, I guess. I guess April was our first partial month, but we launched lifetimes in April, made about 85K, May made about 22, June made like 18 or 19, and then July was our fourth month and we made about 15. So, you know, obviously we haven't had like an up month yet, Uh um, but it still was, it still was good. I mean, I it, it's funny because sometimes, I, like I remember, right after April, I was feeling really bad about how far down sales were from our launch month. But then July finished up, and at the beginning of July, I thought it was going to be like a 10k month, and it ended up being like a 15k month. Mm-hmm. And even still, considering that when we stopped subscriptions, we were at 3,500 a month. So like we still have a you know minimum 15k uh, MRR business is one way to think about it, which is fantastic. I would which be very awesome. excited about that. Yeah. And, you know, we finished the Tailwind course in like maybe June, I think. And like, um, you know, talked about it some more in July and we haven't had a completed course yet since then. So the fact that July was, you know, still 15 was felt great. Um, Do you feel like it's stabilizing sort of finding your like maybe that's your current MRR, right? It's a little difficult. We haven't hit the baseline yet, I guess. Right. Because we don't know because of. um you know, since every month has gone down, but a month is also an arbitrary period of time. And I think like we've talked about in a past episode, originally going into this, we were like, oh, if we make five sales a day, we'll hit our like sustainable escape velocity number. But that that is also not the right way to think about it, because the sales tend to be lumpier when we tweet, when we send newsletters, when we finish courses. Sure. So a month is kind of arbitrary, but it's still a good, you know, thing that way to, to keep track of how things are changing. So I'm not sure we found quite like our baseline, like, you know, we don't have enough evidence to know 15 will be like our lowest month ever or whatever, you know, we could still go down a little bit, but it also still feels like we're not, we don't have our four courses yet. There's so much that we want to do to try to make the site convert better. And we feel like once we have the four courses, we're going to go from the early bird price to the full price and at that point i would feel more comfortable saying like okay here we now we have an understanding of what our baseline is you know uh maybe yeah i, I guess I, I don't know it seems to me like it's sort of i again i i don't i don't think of the baseline as the bottom you could go some months that are a little bit lower but sort of like a, where are you fluctuating more or less mm-hmm. right um it from that like perspective i is, yeah, go ahead what was June? It was a little bit higher, but not much higher, right? June was like 22. July was like 18. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you might be stabilizing around there. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it keeps going, but it's not going down. Like it went Precipitously. Down, right, right. At the beginning because you had the big launch. Exactly. Yes. Right. I, I think from that perspective, I agree. Like the, 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 the bump from the initial launch and the initial attention 
seems like it's probably gone by now. And so from that perspective, I do think it's a baseline in that the, the sales that are coming in are coming inbound from organic organically connected from our funnel from the yep. podcast we publish the youtube videos we publish in this in the post we do on twitter so um exactly that's from that perspective yes i agree like there's a machine in place and it is working you know and i think it's working a lot better than we thought it would uh uh-huh. in april yeah. you know because we don't have you know a popular site that can attract people's attention we don't you know have like a link to build UI from like the react docs or anything like that. It's kind of all our own audience. Right. And so now it's nice that the, the audience we have and the attention we get from other people through, through those channels is enough to at least bring in that much, you know, right. which is again, still like a, a lot for us. I mean, this year, I think when I looked last week, when we were talking about this, we've made like 160 K mm-hmm. year to date from build UI and from Ember map, Ember map brought in like 30 or 40 or something like that. And so the other 120 was from build UI. And so that's more we've made, that's in the first seven months, I guess, of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like at the, by the end of July. And that's, that's more we've made in seven month period than from our own products than ever. And we've been in business since 2016. So that was a good feeling, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. No, that's awesome. I know it's, um, it's hard when you compare just to the launch months, but I think if you compare it to the alternative path that you were going through, which is you know, oh recurring gosh, revenue painful. with like videos, uh, it seems like a uh, it seems like the lifetime approach uh, has has made good sense at least from oh, yeah. my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, cool. So yeah, you? we. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, how are you doing? And um, in terms of, I, I know your priority was to to do the four courses, right? Like that's what you're, you're aiming for. How are you guys doing on that? Doing pretty good. We've been breaking down our work a lot more lately, which has helped us a lot and pairing on things that we would normally just do on our own, like prepping Mm -hmm. a video. We have like a much better process, I I think, and we're going to keep improving it. But I, I think both of us struggle with like, okay, I need to make a YouTube video this week and it just kind of sits there and it's a too big of a thing. So now we have this process that breaks it down to like eight steps and mm. it's a lot easier to just throw one of those steps on the to-do list for today. And that's the way you can chip away at it. And then the second thing is pairing on any one of those steps, whether it's coming up with the title, um, whether it's doing a proof of concept, um, of the thing that you think you're going to teach. Once you have a proof of concept doing the prep, which is separate from the proof of concept, right? It's a lot of times easy to prep to do a proof of concept. And then you want to jump into the video but I think for I think there's a lot of people who do a good job at this and just kind of shooting from the hip and going mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. But it stresses us. I can do that and I've done it before, <laughs> but I feel like it adds a lot of stress and it makes the whole thing feel more unknown and weighty. And so what I'm starting to realize is if we break it down and we do the steps together, it's just a more predictable workload for the week, you know, yeah. or for even a day. And I think that's going to help us a lot. So um that's kind of a big change that we've made, I guess, is like even on a proof of concept, instead of like Ryan working on his next React server component video and me working on my next remix video, it's like, all right, let's just pick one and we'll pair on it. And it, you know, all the good benefits of pairing on code come along with this. There's no distractions. You're not 
getting distracted and opening Twitter or anything. You're talking through it. Also, every time Ryan helps me with a video, it makes my video better. There's no question. I mean, it, ha it happens literally every single time and yeah. vice versa. So every time we delay that, we always are like, we should have just done this earlier and paired earlier. I shouldn't have just worked a couple hours on this demo by myself because it just would have gone faster, smoother, easier with, uh, with working together, you know? Yeah. If you're not pairing, how, do you all, are you all working on different things or is it just like, what, what's the limitation on pairing for you? Yeah. Different things. Like it's, you know, naturally we pair when he comes into the office, you know, he's got a kid and he lives in Jersey, but he comes in like three days a week, sometimes four, um, sometimes two, you know, depending on the week, but usually about three. Um, and so we just naturally do that. So if we're at, if we're apart, you know, it's easy to just be like, okay, I'm going to work on my, I'm working on my remix video. Okay. You're going to work on your YouTube or your react server components, like ping me if you need help. And that's where the day can go away. Right. Because right. you just, you know, it just is not as good. And so like on Friday he had to pick up his kid in like two hours and I was like, all right, well, let's just, let's pair on my, I think we did my remix thing. And so it was like, awesome. You know, it was like an awesome two hour session. We got the proof of concept for like the next two or three videos. And it was just so much fun too. And, um, sorry, I have a, I'm watching a dog. So you might hear a dog bark. He, he's no, a great bad. dog. He's my <laughs> friend's dog, Winston. He's wonderful. But every time a door opens, he feels like he has to protect me. <laughs> um, normal dog but, behavior. Yep. But we, so anyways, we did that and it's just nice because again, we now have this like checklist of eight things that any video needs to take. And it's like, well, I'm on step three and four instead of like coming into the week and being on step zero or one, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I that's... think, I think the thing to answer your question, the thing that stops us from doing that is just habit. You know, if we're working from both working from home, we're just going to be working on our own stuff and moving the needle. But it, again, it's just not as productive and efficient as if we just say, okay, you know, I, you know how it is. Like you can be coding on something, you're in it and you're like, I'm just going to work on this. I'm just going to figure it out. And then it, you just get down in this rabbit hole. And it's like, we're, we have to just work on flexing that muscle of like, okay, we like, we should be pairing on as much as possible all throughout the day. Like there's basically very little that we do that we can't do together and it's better for it. And so I mm -hmm. think it's just a habit more than anything, you know? Interesting. Yeah. I love pairing. I love when we realize the, the benefits of pairing and the value of pairing, but um, it is draining. It requires coordination of schedules and all this stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's but you can get a you can get a better two or three hour day from pairing than you do a 10 hour day from working by yourself. No question. You know, um, and I think there's things that um, we used to think didn't make sense to pair on. Um, OK, but my video is done and now I just need to publish it to YouTube. Nice. Like it's all the hard work is done. Actually, the title and the thumbnail are very, very important. It might even be more yeah. important than the video. Um, yeah, that's what because some you could have. Yeah, it's true. Because if you have a perfect video and uh, you don't make it interesting at all, then no one's going to click on it. And YouTube is giving you their precious real estate to show people they think will be interested in your video, but you didn't put enough effort and time into making a good title and thumbnail. They're not going to click it. That's called the click-through rate. And if it's bad, then they're going to say, well, we're going to give this precious real estate to someone else. And so realizing that sort of thing is like, well, we can actually pair on the title. Like this is yeah. a step in the video production process. Let's pair on it. Okay. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of someone scrolling on Twitter and looking for something interesting or scrolling on YouTube and what might pique their interest. Right. 
So yeah. you can pair on the title, you can pair on the thumbnail, even the prep. Once you have the proof of concept, it's like, oh, okay, I have the final demo. So now I just need to like undo this and, and, and make the video. But there's a prep step, which is like, okay, what's the starting point? And then what are each of the steps along the way? We can pair on that, you know, and make sure every step is motivated and has an explanation. So all that stuff can be paired on. Um, yeah. And, and so I think we've just been realizing that. And, and every time we do it, literally every time we do it, we're thankful for it, you know? Yeah, I know. That sounds awesome. If you compare on, on, on all those things. Um, mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, so you do the, you do the thumbnail and the um, title after the video is recorded? No. So now what our process, I'm, I've been like, we tweak it, but we have this thing where we have our to do's and we pull one off. We, we, at the beginning of the day, we figure out what, we, what we're going to do. So the video process has all these steps. And so it just depends on which step we're in a video will pull out the next one. And so it starts with the proof of concept. And that's just like, is this even going to work? Then once you have the proof of concept, then you prep, right? That's like the story, the motivating factor, the beginning and end. Mm -hmm. Then we do a title. Well, this is new, actually. Usually we do a title at the end, but I want us to start doing the title at the beginning because it can affect how you talk about things, how you introduce it, how you capture their attention. Basically, yep. how what the hook of the video is, you know, right? right and yeah. sometimes it's counterintuitive um, because you're teaching. Like I'm, I'm working on a video teaching how to make responsive animations with frame or motion, like at different screen sizes, um, with Tailwind. But there's like a hook here that's really. I mean, it really is basically like how to how to do how to do different animations responsively using tailwind mm. instead of js but it's you could imagine lots of different titles for that sort of thing right yeah how do i do responsive animations with frame or motion but actually the interesting thing here and ryan helped me understand this again because he wasn't as in the weeds on it right, as right, i am right. like of course yeah is like if i saw a video about using frame or motion and tailwind like those are both technologies I use together. So if there's a seamless way to integrate them, like actually the thing is usually there's a friction point where you're using Tailwind to do all sorts of stuff in your CSS classes. Then you're using Frame or Motion in JavaScript to animate things, right? Uh, and so, yeah. so now there's like an impedance mismatch or like when the concerns span both those technologies, how do you do it? And the answer right. is CSS variables. So Anyways, that's an example of like the title and the pairing and how like getting the outsider perspective and the same thing with he, 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 we just did his YouTube prep yesterday and he showed me what he was doing. And I was like, well, I just saw this and this other part was actually like the real nugget, the real kernel that should right. be like the take home point, you know? Yeah. So yes, I want I, that. Anyways, that's an example of pairing and title, but I want the title to come before we record so you kind of know that going into it i think that would be better but in the past traditionally we've done it at the end yeah yeah no i was reading a youtube uh, book and um one of the things that struck me was that they mentioned that that you should do the title and the thumbnail i haven't you don't have to build the thumbnail but have an idea of what the thumbnail is mm. going to be before you record interesting it's such an important aspect of youtube in particular i mean mm -hmm. i think it's important in anything but but in YouTube, it's like it, it matters a lot in terms of mm -hmm. like that people clicking into your video. The title and the thumbnail come first. In in terms of the you know the the, the idea, process. you don't have to right. like actually create the thumbnail, but having an idea of like what is this thumbnail gonna show? Um, this book, I, I can't even remember the name. I can find the name, uh, but um, 
it even said like people should be spending as much time on the thumbnail and the title as they should on the video or something like that which, yeah you know ideally i think of course it's not just like you have an awesome thumbnail and an awesome title and then you click through and it's like get disappointed that's not obviously that's not the intention no totally you have a good and you, video and you, that fulfills the promise but exactly it delivers on the title and thumbnail exactly but you but it's really important to think of the title and thumbnail and it's not it's something i haven't done yet but now that you're talking about it it's yeah maybe it's interesting to to, to try to think about the those things first it I don't is, even man. do thumbnails it, <laughs> I, yeah no it, it really is um it's like there's a couple aspects of it people judge a book by its cover right mm-hmm. you could say the same thing you have the best book in the world but if it has like a shoddy cover, shoddy packaging, you know, Steve Jobs said this about their products. Yeah. The reason Apple products are packaged and delivered with such care and attention and time, you could say, oh, it's just packaging, right? But that's in a world with infinite, uh, you know, opportunities for people's attention, you have to stand out. You have to yep. show them that you're what's inside the box, you know, is, is good. And the way people make a, snap judgment about that is with the packaging right so people do judge a book by its cover so i used to think the same way i think most people go through this where they're like oh attention grabbing thumbnails is like you know that's like such a slimy marketing thing yeah yeah it's spammy but it's like you know matt pocock who's this uh, typescript youtuber dude he's like screw you for grabbing my attention right it's like you think about it it's it's silly because like when you're out and about in the world, like the things that grab your attention are the things that you pay attention to. So that's, that's like the healthier understanding, I think, in a relationship to have with marketing. And yes, I think that the th- title and thumbnail is important. It's also important because it forces you to actually empathize with the users. And if I have some wonky technical point I want to teach in a video that I'm interested by, but people want a shorter version that gives them a nugget because they're lying on their couch scrolling YouTube and they just want to see something interesting. Right. Like those are two different things. And like, ultimately I'm serving that person. And so I should have their frame of mind in, in my head. I should meet them where they're at. And so having that healthier understanding relationship with that side of it, I think is, is good because it forces you to have more customer empathy. And then, like you said, you know, you have to deliver on it. Even if you spend all your time on the thumbnail title and put out trash, you can't game YouTube like that because people will penalize you. They won't watch it. And, right, uh, you know, it's something else I heard Mr. B say one time was anytime someone says, oh, do this for the algorithm or the algorithm rewards this, the algorithm punishes this. He said, just replace the word algorithm with audience because it's really what it is. It's your audience rewards attention, grabbing titles and thumbnail. Your audience rewards videos that are good and deliver on the promise of the title and thumbnail by watching it longer. And they punish videos that don't by not watching them. Mm-hmm. So all of that I think is, is good advice that we're still learning and practicing. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I just added thumbnail idea to our video process list. Cause I nice. like that point you made. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think after prepping it, but before recording it, you want to come up with the title and then you want to have an idea for the thumbnail. And then after you run through record and edit, then you actually make the, the thumbnail. So I think I'm going to try that out. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm try that yeah, out next I like time. That. I like that idea. And I like what you were saying. I mean, it's it's a tool. It can be used nefariously. It could be used for bad purposes, right. but it can also be used for good purposes, right? And the idea is mm-hmm. to, to be honorable with the usage of it and to fulfill on the promise rather than to be a spammer or a, you know, clickbait or whatever. Um, and I don't even think you, I agree with that. 
from a perspective of it's good not to be deceitful, but I don't even think you have to rely on that because literally if you are deceiving people, they will stop watching your videos and they yeah, will unsubscribe exactly. from you. Exactly. Yeah. That, the, the, <laughs> and I've the done that. I've done that with people. There's people that I've seen videos of and then they started getting, you know, clickbaity, you know, yeah. which is not what this is. Clickbaity is getting you to click but not delivering. Right. Exactly. And I don't watch them their stuff anymore. So that's yeah. that's how people behave. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One other tidbit from that book that once I saw, once I learned this, it ruined YouTube for me, um, <laughs> is that uh, our brains are designed to like seeing faces. So that's why mm -hmm. you see all the thumbnails have like a face of shock and some other right. thing. And that like that, it's just a trick. But apparently it works with our brains. But now I hate it because every time I see that, I'm like, oh, these, you know, it's like I just see yeah. faces everywhere. And I'm like, I don't want to see your face. I want to see what the video is about. I don't want your shock face or whatever. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I feel I feel the same way. I like seeing faces, too. And it's hardwired. But, you know, like this YouTuber, I like Matt Diavella has his face in a lot of his videos, thumbnails. Um, but again, he does it in a tasteful way. That's interesting. Right. right. Um and it's fun and attention grabbing. And then there's people who use the same face um, and I don't like it. And I unsubscribe from those people and it's like annoying. So again, I, I think anytime, this is just something I think it really plagues technical people and in, in, in the large who are trying to get into business and marketing, yeah. it's easy to come in with this kind of unhealthy or relationship with the business side of things and feel like, you should just build it and focus on the purity of the product For and sure. um, you're not meeting people where they're at. So it might be a lifelong thing just to change that perspective. But um, yeah, if people like faces and they see your face in the video, you know, I actually was thinking about this when I was watching one of Ryan's YouTube videos that was in my watch later for a while and I watched it and I was like, man, that's awesome. And then I clicked through his description, which linked to like his course on our site. And I was like, I want to see his face big on the site here because i just watched this guy on youtube and yeah. i'm familiar with him i like him i like the way he sounds I like the way he talks what he taught me i want to connect that to this new page that i'm on like in a more obvious way yeah so that's um, interesting yeah it's, right it's like the reputation building like you're looking it's a trust you're looking for that trust component you're like where is yes. this person that i just saw this video is this like a scam website exactly or, or is this his exactly. actual thing yeah 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 that's interesting. So yeah, I think with all this stuff, I think there's ways to go about it in and and use that information, which is true. Things like we're hardwired to like faces, but in a way that is still authentic with what you want to do and who you want to serve and the kind of kind of stuff you want to put out in the world. You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Cool, man. Cool. So yeah, that's basically it for me. And um, we're just. I think we talked a little bit last week more, probably about how we're just trying to focus on finishing the courses instead of focusing on, you know, trying to get more sales or even looking at the numbers much right now. I just kind of, both of our, we just both do better with like a single goal, you know? And yeah. so that's kind of our, our goal right now. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think last week we talked a little bit about the newsletter and like the newsletter and send it out it more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think you're still um, you're trying to get this course course stuff out of the way and and then maybe focus on that. I yeah I don't know I have I have a <laughs> I'm trying different approaches so I have a different perspective I think on that. But 
Um, no, and, yeah. and, and you were pushing back and saying like, that's something that we do a lot. Are you just falling back into like the build it and they will come? I think yeah. right now we're just trying to use YouTube to tell people about build UI and we are doing the newsletter every two weeks. And for now we're just going to just do that. And then like, after we do the two courses, we can like kind of think more about the marketing strategy. I do think the newsletter is going to be a bigger part of our marketing strategy in the future, yeah. but, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Email's great. That's what everybody says. It, it so. is. Yep. So, it is. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool, man. How a, about you? Yeah. Yeah. Let me give an update. Um, well, we talked a little bit about the last time when I failed to record, um, the revenue. So how is testing live going and things like that? Oh yeah. Um, the revenue has been about 2k a month. I mean, this is like, if you think yours is, uh, <laughs> if you think yours is not smooth, mine's definitely not smooth, right? It's sort of like, I'm counting everything from this year, even though I didn't launch the course in January, right? I've just been counting it as sort of a, I want to get a sense of the, if, is this a viable thing, right? If say, if I think this course can make 2000 a month, can I build a few other courses? And then, you know, all of a sudden we're, we're talking, you know, eight, 10 K a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. um let, let's talk let, let's review what we said last last week which was so how much money have you made this year so far on all your so this stuff? year so far if i look at stripe right now now that we're in august so every this is sort of up to date it's thirteen thousand. cool and then last year the whole year was what last year the whole year i think was 10 i forget how we uh, look at this but i didn't launch the course last year just to, to be clear right like um oh yeah it's been two years it's been two years so i launched the course two years ago and uh let me see how much money have i made all time from this course so i've made thirty-five thousand from this course mm -hmm. uh and so, so minus 10 and then minus 13 so well, you probably did like 12 the first year or something like that so i can i can check like 2020 through zero one zero one twenty twenty one. Is that would that be the right year? December thirty first, twenty twenty, yeah. Oh, this is not even registering correctly. Zero one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh zero one zero one twenty twenty two. Well, wow, this is slow. No, come on. Why can't you give me the first day of the month? Come on, Stripe. <laughs> uh I swear it's just not letting me do this. Uh, okay. Well, oh, no payment show. See, so I guess 2022 is when I launched this. When did I launch this? I have no idea. What year are we on? <laughs> 23. Okay. No idea. Uh, well, do I... the year to date, do the year yeah. to date for this year. You said that's 13. Oh, and previous year I can compare that. Is that what you're And then yeah. do last year, January 1st to December 31st. So yeah, year today is 13. Uh, last year do, starting in january do last year to december to december right come on december this calendar widget is killing me <laughs> calendar widget why aren't you working Oh man, this is some seriously bad stuff happening. You, you right might now. be able to just type it in. I am typing it in. It like it's taking me to different years and stuff. Okay, so January through December 2022. 
mm -hmm. was 9,900. So, okay, yeah, so 10K. 10. So, yeah, so if lifetime is 35, last year's 10, this year's 13, that leaves 12 for 21. Mm -hmm. So, something like that. Oh, wow. So, I've made more money this year than the year I launched the course. Oh, but the year I launched the course, maybe it was only a few months. Like mm -hmm. I launched in August, I think. Mm -hmm. But, so, yeah, still the bad. case. Yeah. yeah. Not bad relative to mm -hmm. what it's been. Um, but of course it's not, it's not huge. It's not like life changing and relative to the amount of time, right? That's a, uh, that's one of the hard parts. It's like I've put in a lot of time to, into the course. This was a relaunch of the course. Um, is it worth pursuing this? You know, that's sort of my question. Is it worth to, to continue pursuing it? for now? I think I want to keep pursuing it. I'm interested in doing another course. And see how that goes. Um, I'm interested in doing a, a maybe a course that I think would be faster for me to develop because I have a lot, a lot of knowledge and built-in things. And that's the Intro to Testing Elixir. And uh, we talked a little bit about how I did a a couple of calls. I just put out in Twitter if anybody wanted to sort of do a little bit of like one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching on Introduction to Testing Elixir. And I did that. Uh, I had a few sessions. Um, you know, it's it, it seemed good. Like, I didn't get a ton of feedback. Everybody gave feedback when I asked the questions, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like... They oh, were this, generating this, questions. It wasn't like, well, this is the one piece I was missing and I was hoping to understand it and I didn't cover it or something. You know, people were just very pleased, happy, because maybe it's because it was just a free thing, you know, where I was just like, okay, I'm going to kind of give you a presentation and walk you through some things and... um you yeah, know, that's we right. Did, we we talked about that last week because the last episode we did, you were saying you were going to do some of that, some workshops or some exactly. smaller, like a small workshop. So how many did you end up doing? So I did two of them. I. And how many people were in each one? Only a couple of people. On each like one. how many? So, a couple, two, 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 two people. Two in, in each, each one. one. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. And there um, are people you found on Twitter. There are people I found through Twitter, right? Um, I had to disqualify a lot of people because, like I said, the time zones weren't actually applicable or they were a little more advanced than I expected, right? So mm -hmm. um, I didn't want someone who had like five years of TDD experience coming from Rails and like, how do I test an Elixir? Like, maybe that would have been fine and I could expand to those people. But at first, I just wanted someone who was like, I'm new to Elixir. I've been programming six months. Don't know anything about testing. Um and I, because I wanted to see if there was enough value there for for people like that. Um, I guess the the question is why should I target those people as opposed to someone coming from a different programming language that might actually be a better fit. Um, but I wanted the course to cover the basics in case someone comes. It's like it's intro to Elixir, you know, to testing in Elixir. Um, in any case, the, the the sessions went well. I think uh, people like them. I how long were they? They're about like an hour long. It, I thought it was going to take a lot longer. I thought it was going to be multiple sessions, multiple one hour long sessions. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, an hour was pretty good. We ran out of time with in one of them a little bit. Like I could have covered a few more things. Uh, so there, there are a couple of things that I could include. If I make this into a course, I could include in the course that I didn't include there. Um, but it was a pretty good, you know, fast paced introduction into everything from like very intro to testing testing pyramid just what are what types of tests there are um to how to structure good tests you know um to actually like the some of the mechanics of x unit and, and elixir and um, 
particulars about testing an elixir in terms of like processes and things like that. Um, so it's sort of a, yeah, I mean, introduction concepts, but kind of trying to cover everything from what is testing, what's automated testing, why do it to all the way to writing tests in elixir. Mm -hmm. So what about, um, I know you're thinking about the course and like, if you can get a couple courses, then like your 13 K this year, um, would, you know, by the end of the year, let's say it's closer to 20, you have a couple courses, it turns into 40 or 60 K a year. That's real money. Um, instead of going there, what about like cheaper ways to see if this is an idea that again, like meets people where they're at kind of like we were talking about in the beginning. So taking the, the content that you prepared for the workshop and doing it, you know, as tweets and stuff. And I've seen some of that, but if you can do a lot of that and spend your time and energy on that instead of the workshops and the courses, which feel a little bit farther down, you know, closer to when you've kind of, I guess, validated the idea that's something that people would want. And then if people are asking for more, then it's a really good sign, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I because you're kind of coming at it right now. Like you want to build an intro to testing Elixir course. Also, I've just as a side, as an aside, I've always heard that using intro is like a bad, it's people don't self-identify as beginners or or intros they want like more advanced or intermediate or something like that even if it is even if the material is actually more introductory again it's kind of like how people Fun self-identify fundamentals <laughs> fundamentals <laughs> of because, because i do i think if i have thought of like, like a, a, adam's adam a had sequence. a successful course on testing in, in um laravel it was like mm -hmm. test driven laravel you can see how that name um, is nice because it gives him the flexibility to add whatever level content he wants. But if you were either a beginner or intermediate, that could appeal to you, you know? So maybe there's something like that. Yeah. I guess I was thinking about um, rather than doing a single massive course, like test room and Laravel is mm -hmm. it's like, I forget mm -hmm. how many videos it is. I remember looking at it at some point mm -hmm. um, doing more like a sequence of courses, like, intro or fundamentals um mm -hmm. intermediate and then advanced mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. or maybe it's not even advanced advanced maybe you, you you're like niching down into other topics like mocking and test you know an elixir or something which is kind of I, I don't know um i thought about doing that and also at some point i could do a, a test room development in phoenix course uh, mm -hmm. which is kind of different to me I, I i like the idea of specializing the courses because um you can teach different things. I don't necessarily want to do a course that's like 250 videos and 60 hours long. Sure, That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> As are most people using who use Elixir using Phoenix, like the way a lot of people use Ruby, use Rails? A ton of people use Phoenix. I mean, it's, a, it's the default framework. You know, other people do other things. Like Elixir mm -hmm. is more versatile, mm -hmm. um, I think, at least. You know, people are doing machine learning stuff. People do embedded software stuff. But I don't really touch any of that stuff. Um, so yeah. So know, why not, why not try some lower cost things like your tweets, videos on testing Phoenix and see how that goes and see if people, if it resonates, if they, which ones do well, what people are asking as follow-up questions. Yeah, I could do that. I, I don't know what kind of validation I'm looking for there though. I feel like if I do that, what's the validation? Like 
number of likes. I mean, like I, I don't know that there's enough of an audience that that would be validated. Like, oh, I got 50 likes. Like, is that, I mean, some of my videos do that. And, you know, it's like, I'm not sure if it's enough validation, I guess. Is what I'm, saying. I'm not sure what information I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you can't get 50 likes on a tweet, how are you going to get people to buy a course? <laughs> you know I what know, I'm saying? I understand. It's, I understand. It's, I'm just saying. I like think I there's. Think. I think there is variability in your in your tweets and, and what people like. I mean, I know that sure. that's true with my with the stuff I put out, and I know that the more I put out, the more questions I get, and when I make things that answer people's questions, they want more of it. And you know, at at some point, they start saying, "Can you please do this?" You know, mm -hmm. right now, the most common request I get is stuff about my workflow in VS Code and and using Vim, you know, to navigate and stuff. So that's going to be a course that we're going to do as well. Oh, it is. Yeah, I always I mean, get that, questions about that. How do you do this in Vim and stuff? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I want to do that eventually just because a lot of people ask for it. But people ask, for example, about Radix, you know, a lot. Um, like it's a UI library and they want to see more of it. So I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't put enough stuff out and seen the, the the feedback um yeah just a thought yeah that's interesting yeah i think i i get the idea of like doing some validation some more validation i, I mean i'm looking my, at your your video on creating an infinite sequence in elixir versus um um this one on uh phx viewport top and viewport bottom with infinite scroll right they're very different yeah they're very different i think um the question a little bit there is, but I mean, I think that, that, that there's, they're different. There's a question of like market, whether, you know, the title, the thing, like what the, cause I didn't put the same amount of time into them. Uh, they're not as catchy. One is more like novel. So mm -hmm. I understand there's some more, there's some more built in things. There's, I, I knew some people would like one more than the other. I guess I still go back to, um, I think it makes sense to validate ideas 100%, but it, if the idea you, if you can develop it quickly then is the um is it useful to validate or is it better to just kind of do a little bit of research and understanding of what content should be in here and then developing that now i know a course takes a long time like mm -hmm. i've built courses now mm -hmm. i know they take a long time the idea here was to try to build a course that isn't going to take us in as like long. four weeks or something and yeah I, I have to figure out how long i can how quickly i can do this but based on the material i already have and the things i can that that, that i show the sessions i think i could do this semi-fast now what does mm -hmm. that actually mean i don't know i haven't had the time to to dive into that because i'm sort of putting a break on that because i have to prepare for this conference talk uh, that's what mm -hmm. i've been focusing mostly but that's kind of the idea there like, of, instead of like spending a lot of time like and, and not just time in terms of me physical times like creating the tweets and stuff it's just that time passes right i only have yeah, like a time couple hours between. a day exactly mm -hmm. and so if i spend all my time just trying to validate something the year is going to end and i'm not going to have done another course i almost rather do like let me launch another course quickly and learn then you more can pull lessons content from it, from it to like and, share and yeah yeah or, or yeah, exactly and share the along the way and and just keep iterating on like the actual course building like if i want to build courses let me tr give several attempts and learn in the process and and you know uh, this is and, and this would be another attempt of trying to do some material that i'm super familiar with that i can kind of dominate and presumably i think mm -hmm. create quickly um 
but it's still very valuable, right? Like I'm not trying to do something low value. The whole point is that it's valuable, but it's but I can do it quickly because I have a lot, a lot of experience in this area. So I guess it comes back kind of to comes I totally get but, it, and it's obviously like it's always easy or different when you're listening to someone else versus your own stuff because I know we make this mistake a lot and we have over the years. But <laughs> just thinking about Adam's like nailing your first product launch talk. Um, I guess yeah. the question really is like, what's the goal here? I mean, if your goal is to have a second course and to work on your process and shipping fast, then that's fine. If you're going to be disappointed with not making as much money and the goal is to maximize the amount of money you make from the course launch, then I think you want to be more in a situation like at the end of his talk where he's like, by the time you have the sign up for the course, people are asking for it basically. And I think the way you get yeah. there is with more investment up front in the marketing, the free stuff, and yep. seeing what resonates, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I, I don't know if I'm... I don't know that I'm looking to... Like, I guess part of me thinks that there isn't... Like, an intro to testing Elixir isn't going to be a, a course that's going to make me like $80,000 on launch day. And maybe maybe but, I should be aiming for that. And if I'm aiming for that... Yeah, then why, like, then why do you want to make it? Because I'm, I think I'm thinking, what if I can make four or five courses quickly, to get mm-hmm. me to, ten k MR or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess ten k is not even enough though. Uh, that could be enough. Um, but basically replacing my time right, so I can invest more and more time mm-hmm. into these things. Um, yeah, I guess I yeah, gotta think about I don't know. Like, what kind of course yeah. am I aiming for? Because it could be dangerous it, for sure to to yeah to aim and too I think low, like right. Yes. And I think trying to have four more courses is like a, it's like more crawling. I mean, one of the benefits of, of a bigger course launch, even if it's not your ideal topic or you don't know much about it yet, um, is that the lump sum of money comes in up front. And so it buys you time in the same way that our launch in April, let us stop consulting and reinvest more time earlier. Um, and we could have even done better, right? I mean, the frame of motion stuff was people were asking for it. The reason we we made that is because it was the part, the content on my YouTube channel that was resonating the most. It also happened to be what I liked and it's overlapped there, of course. But mm-hmm. um, so that's just something to consider, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Because if I went that way, I think a more appropriate course would be test drive, you know, test-driven Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Which could be like a complete like, or or it could be sort of like the ultimate guide to testing in Phoenix. Like I could do that, and it could include. You, c- the you could also the- keep. You could still keep it a small module, and then if it does well enough, you could do more. So you could do an intro testing live view, the basics or the fundamentals mod. You know, course. You put two of the videos on your YouTube over time, and the course is like six, basically. The first, but the first two are free, maybe even more. And you chop up bunches of tips from them as well, and reuse them on Twitter. And um, you know, but you're thinking about it from the perspective of what resonates the most, what people want the most. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I have to think about that. Like, what what could be a good course if that's because that's true. Maybe I am. I think you do want to make money from the course. I think that is a yeah. goal. It's a scary goal and it's frustrating and maybe disappointing when you put a lot of work and it doesn't, but it's worth thinking about it explicitly. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I guess that's a different, right? I, I think it's a different approach. I was trying to think like, what could I get out of the way quickly mm-hmm. rather than spend a year building mm-hmm. it? 
because uh, that's but again you are... do live view mm-hmm. testing live view was a year the original one i think the benefit of thinking about it from a perspective of profit maximization is that it forces you again to be more customer focused because people give yeah. money to things that they want and so that can help you think about what again what would capture people's attention what would interest them what meets them where they're at instead of coming at it with a preconceived notion that i'm going to make an intro to testing elixir course and the rest is like whatever happens happens you know yeah yeah yep 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 just to exaggerate but just i mean i, I know it's not right like right, right. No, but, but just to is, make a yeah. point yeah right those are sort of the yeah kind of opposite perspectives or mm-hmm. not opposite you're coming at a different end so Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate the ch- the chat. And I, I think no problem to to, to challenge to challenge these you know whatever assumptions I had in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Let it simmer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I also would say because I do this too, and like I want to do this more um, on our own. But you know, give away the content, like spoil the ending you know, and don't yeah. worry about saving content for the course, like spoil sure. the stuff that you know that you're most excited about with free tweets and free YouTube shorts. And even if, even if all the course material is there, um, it's the organization and the presentation that makes it easy, right? Yep. People could learn yep. a ton from me just free off of YouTube, but they like build UI in addition to that, because it's structured and condensed and Dent, you know, dense and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. So for sure, for sure. I think you can just go. I think you should just have a free spirited perspective and experimental perspective and share that stuff that you think is the most interesting and see again what what kind of stuff resonates. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can yeah. already do it. You have the skills and the talent and experience. I mean, you you're doing the tweets and you know how to do one that's going to do what better. You know, you even said that you knew this particular one would do better than that one because of whatever you put more time and effort. So then I would just double down on those things, you know, when they work and, and the things you learn about making stuff that resonates with people. Yeah. 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 It's a matter of time. And, and I think that was yeah. a matter of time and also like ideas and mm-hmm. you know, the more, the more, yeah. Uh, Phoenix, new things, people like that, right? More like mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, relevance if you will mm-hmm. rather than sort of more obscure the other one was more obscure the the elixir i forget what it was called anyway right the streaming thing cool man this is good cool. i think we should probably wrap it because yeah. of time but um, no this is great i'm excited to hear where you're at next week um after thinking about this for a little bit yeah i have to think about it i gotta i gotta prioritize a lot the, the core the not the course the the conference talk, the conference talk. when is that yeah that is next month in September fifth, sixth, and seventh, I think. Um, nice. So, yeah, I gotta, I gotta prep the talk. It usually takes me a month to prep a talk. Um, debatable whether I should have submitted a talk or not. <laughs> I think it'll be good. I think <laughs> but it's I, good. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing it. I want to. I want to go street cred. See the community. Yeah, right. I haven't. Uh, I haven't been in a conference since two thousand eighteen. So I'm excited to go and. Yeah catch up with some people in the elixir community so that's awesome it'll be good be good yeah awesome man thanks for chatting dude you as well all right and uh let's wrap it (laughs) yeah thanks everyone and we'll see you hopefully next week (laughs) sounds good have a great week everyone yeah see you man bye